Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you bi-weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from virtual CFOs, CPAs, and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you the results you need both in business and building the life you deserve. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 93 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, brought to you by PJS and Co CPAs. Today, we are continuing our discussion on the dental series, our second dental series, and focusing on the topic where is all of your money going? As we all know, dentists make a lucrative living, and many just assume that they are doing well, but it's worth looking at your business as a whole and understanding where all of that is actually going once you earn it. So in order to help me take a look at that, we are talking to Jamie Staley, partner, VCFO, CPA here at PJS and Co. CPAs. Hi, Jamie. How's it going? Hi, Megan. I'm doing great. Excited to be here. And we are excited to hear all about your expertise in this area as far as dental practices are concerned. That is a huge industry in which you specialize in. And you've dealt with this in multiple practices in helping them get a, in a good understanding and better control on this. Yeah, I think a lot of dental practice owners, you know, get a lot of money coming in, but don't always have a good idea of how much taxes do I have to pay? How much do I need to be saving for retirement? Where, where should the money be going? Where should I be saving you know, do I have additional savings for the practice if I ever needed to inject a little bit more cash to keep it, you know, to keep it steady, you know, and also looking at all the cash from the business and where it's going to make sure that you are making sure that everything is cash flow positive when you're done, you know, you want to be bringing in money and spending less money so that you have net income in the bottom. That essentially make sure that you have cash flow at all times. But there's sometimes, you know, some months, some quarters that you're just not going to do that. So as long as you're bringing in more cash than you're spending, you know, in the majority of the year, you're in a good shape. But you definitely need to be taking a look at some of those things. And what I'm realizing is some dentists are just not that close to the numbers and not really understanding that in full. And that can have a serious impact on the success of your practice, the profitability, how much you know money you can bring home. So it's really important to have a good sense of the cash and where where it's going in the business, how much you need to live comfortably, how much you need to save for different areas. Do you have kids going to college that you need to save for? There's lots of places you need to think about putting your cash and making sure there's enough cash to get into all those those buckets so that you can live comfortably and and feel the success of your practice. Yeah. And I think I mean we've all experienced as we've gone through our careers, it's real easy to spend money, right? Like if you're not paying attention and you feel like, oh man, I got this big promotion at work. Now I'm earning so much more. It's easy to have this inflated sense of how far that will actually get you. And then you just start spending and, oh, let's go get this. Let's go get that. And you look at your money at the end of the month. And if you're not being mindful about it and understanding, like you said, like maybe having a percentage that goes into a retirement account, a percentage that goes into savings, and really looking at those numbers and staying on top of it, it's easy to just say, oh, I'm making good money now. Let's just get it, you know? But 
it's, yeah, I think you just have to be mindful. It's something, yeah, that you don't really think about. And even as a CPA graduating from college and starting getting my first job and, you know, I was still, I, I think I just moved out of my um, parent, my family home. So I was downtown Chicago living and working on Michigan Avenue, which there's lots of stores. So it's very fun at lunchtime to go shopping. And um, <laughs> over the course of the first year out of college, I, I soon realized that you know, my savings account at the end of the year wasn't really any higher than it had been when I graduated. And I was like, well, that's weird. You know, I've been working, I should be saving a lot of money. <laughs> right? right? Well, when I started to really dig deep, I noticed that, wow, my spending month to month is probably more than I actually make. And you know, I can't go to the gap a <laughs> couple times a week, <laughs> and just shop and buy clothes, because while that's really fun. Um, you know, monetarily <laughs> was not doing well for my bank account. So right. Um, it's the things that you know, even if you're not paying close attention and you're not monitoring, it's super easy to just not pay attention and not realize what's happening. And, you know, what did I do? I put myself on a budget of $100 a week or so. Like, hey, yeah, I'm going to spend money. I live in the city. It's, you know, there's lunch. There's the, I got to take the L down to work and things like that. And so, you know, sometimes I did spend more than $100 a week, but I had the awareness of like, oh, I spent $100 this weekend. Like that was my whole <laughs> week, you know, right. that was my whole week's worth of money. Like what, you know, I've got to be careful or I, I'll spend another 50 bucks this week because I have to get to, you know, I got to buy my train ticket and I have to have lunch. But you're at least mindful of, oh, I spent a little bit too much this week. You know, I better be careful by next week. So you at least have that, that like benchmark to say, hey, this is what I was supposed to be spending. Like, okay, I, you know, maybe I spent too much this week, but I can make the change. Whereas you wait a year and you're like, oh yeah, spent a little bit too much money, but <laughs> you can't make those changes. So it's important yeah. to just stay close to it and take a look at it and make sure you're, you're comfortable and that there's enough money to cover all the expenses that you need. And just to, you know, you also want to be saving as well. There's always benefit to saving money as well. You just never know when those emergencies come up or, you know, your car, you know, suddenly you need a new car and you need a down payment. So um, just some things to consider and think about. Yeah. So for this discussion specifically focused on dental practices, we're going to first focus on more of the business side and some considerations of what you need to be looking at and staying mindful of. And then we'll switch over to the personal side so that you get that well-rounded view because it's not just one or the other. We all know we have expenses on both sides that we need to consider. So when we start looking at the business side, why is it important to track business expenses? It's vitally important because you want to make sure, you know, from different angles, from both the profit and loss and financial statement angle and the cash flow angle for your, your practice. So you want to make sure that you know where your business stands so that you can make smart financial decisions with that money. You know, do we need to be saving more money? Do we need to be cutting back? Do, are we able to invest and spend more and we're going to buy some new equipment and do we need a loan for that or do we have the cash on hand to do it? And so it's really important to be looking at your financials on a monthly basis to get a sense for where things are, both on the profit and loss side, which is, you know, more of your financial statements. You know, are are you bringing in enough to cover your expenses. And I know there's lots of different areas of expenses we can talk about too. And we can dive that into that a little bit later. There's a lot of benchmarking around those numbers. And that's part of why that's really important because you want to stay in alignment with those benchmarks, again, to make sure that enough money is dropping down to that profit line so that you do have enough money to keep your business going, to keep it 
comfortable, make sure you can cover all those expenses. But you really, without knowing where those expenses are going and compared to your inflows, you just can't really make great decisions. You need to have a good sense of your cash flow. How much cash is on hand? Is it comfortable? Is it enough? You know, we really recommend having, you know, a savings account, not just your operating account, because you just can't always predict things, things like COVID, things like our office has to close for a week because a huge snowstorm came in and we can't, you know, we're not going to bring in the revenue that we thought we were. So how are you going to manage that? Because you still may have to pay people payroll. You still may have to, you know, you're still going to have dental supplies you're purchasing and all of those things. So, you know, you have to be able to have a comfort level with your cash flow. And it's really nice to have that savings account to know, hey, I can pull from there. And we know that we can move money, but that's there in case. It's also good to save for um, taxes as well sometimes. Dentists, you know, dental practices are very profitable at times. And so you're you're probably going to owe a fair amount of money. Usually that's personally. If it's a flow through entity, that, that income is going to flow through to your personal tax return. But you should definitely work with your tax CPA to make sure you understand how much that's going to be and what what is that going to look like? And do I need to make quarterly payments, right? More cash that has to go out the door potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to plan for that to make sure you have that on hand. Or you're prepared for a bigger payout if you have to wait, you know, till closer to the tax time to to pay it out. And again, you just want to know whether you're profitable or not. And this is really important because if you're not profitable, you're likely struggling with cash flow issues. Because if you're not profitable, you're probably spending more than you make overall, which means each month, even if you maybe have start with a large sum of money, over time, you're dwindling that number down. And at some point, it's going to be a problem. You're not going to have enough money to cover payroll to buy dental supplies. So you really want to get ahead of that if you start to see that happening. And if you're not looking and you're not monitoring your cash flow, that's going to be something that's really difficult to see coming if you're not close, you know, if you're not looking at your bank account, if you're not at least, you know, somewhat in tune to what your cash flow situation is. So in order to help you manage cash flow, we've put together a 13-week cash flow template that's specific for your dental practice. Now, obviously, you could make changes, you know, from dental practice to dental practice, you're going to have, you know, varying differences among your expenses. But this template is available for free with our show notes. You can find that at pjscpas.com forward slash nine three. And in addition to that, I always like to provide our prior episodes as additional resources for you. We did cover a prior dental series where we talk about the basics of accounting for your dental practice, purchasing a practice, um, a bunch of really good information in episodes number 51 through 54. And you can find all of those on whatever podcast platform you listen to. So turning our attention back to expenses, I know you mentioned that there are some larger and more typical expenses for a dental practice. Can you just cover some of those so that we have an idea of what to be on the lookout for? Yeah. And something to note too with your cash flow, it's it's possible to, I mean, obviously you have lots and lots of expenses on a monthly basis, but when we're looking at cash flow, we can step back and just look at the really big expenses because we can kind of create maybe a bucket of, hey, we know everything else is going to cost maybe five ten thousand $10,000, or we can come up with some kind of idea. But there's a lot of big expenses where we know that they're going to be very significant, and we need to know and have a handle on them. So staff payroll, 
obviously is a very large percentage of your expenses um, and where your income money is going to be applied to. You also have doctor and associate pay, right? So those are really big expenses that happen on a biweekly basis, you know, maybe a monthly basis for your doctors, depending on how often you're paying. But those are extremely large pieces of the puzzle. So if you can kind of create an understanding for, I know staff payroll is going to be around $50,000 every payroll. You kind of start to understand that, okay, and my doctor pay is going to be around 100000 every payroll. Okay, and I know that we're bringing in 250000 in a given month. You know, you can start to get a sense for, hey, okay, that makes sense. We can cover that. And can we, do we have enough for dental supplies? Obviously, that's really an important expense as well. You're going to need to have dental supplies to perform the, the procedures that are necessary to bring in that revenue. So that's a large expense. Lab fees, another one that are is bigger for some practices. Rent and mortgage, another large expense. So we try to track and get a sense for what those expenses are and get a feel for, hey, these are what these numbers are in a range. And hey, are we positive when we just kind of look at those numbers? Do we still have money left over? Because you don't have to get down to the every penny, like where is every single penny going? You can get to that level of detail if you enjoy that. And if you're (laughs) an accounting nerd and want to see all the numbers, like that's great because then you have a really firm handle on it. But even if you just get a high level perspective of, hey, this is our, uh, you know, this is what income we're bringing in most months. Here are the big expenses. Do we have money left or do we not have money left? You know, that gives you a general sense of where things stand. If you're like, yeah, I get all those expenses worked out and I still got $50,000 a month left. Great. Like you have enough for other things that you know are not, you know, listed here that you're still going to have to pay for. But if that number's negative, you know, you're already in a spot where, hey, something's not working out right. You know, are we paying too much? So, Going back to some of those benchmarking, that's one thing I really like to look at these expenses in a percentage of income bucket so that we can say, hey, what percentage of our income is the staff payroll? And there's a lot of very good um, benchmarks for each of these. You know, for instance, staff payroll is typically 25 to 28. We're seeing it higher this year just due to some of the hiring problems that um, um, businesses are having overall. So they're having to pay a little bit more. So that number is a little bit higher. So we understand that. We can explain that. Hey, this number, we had to give bigger you know, raises this, this year because we needed our team to stay. Percentage for doctor payout. You know, they are usually making you know, 32, 35% of their collections, which tends to be, if you look at the overall income, because there's some income that's brought in by other, you know, other working areas. Um, so usually doctor payroll lands in the 28 to 30. It could be as low as 25 as well. So if you start to understand what those percentages are, then you know you can take a look at what are you spending? Are you spending way more than that percentage-wise or less than that? Um, dental supplies is another one. Dental and lab fees, we try to keep right around that 5 to 6% range because that, again, if you're spending 10 15 20% on dental supplies, it's just too much going to an expense that should be falling to the bottom line. Um, and right. you should be seeing that as a profit a profit measure. So those are some important things to just look at. I I have a current client now that, you know, some of those percentages are really out of whack. And it's tough to explain to those doctors who have been working this way that, oh, you might be overstaffed. Well, no, this is how we've been working. We need all these people. Or you're spending too much on dental supplies. (laughs) You know, what can we do? Um, They're actually working to renegotiate some of the vendor 
agreements to see if they can get better rates, do some more bulk purchases because they have several dental practices that are purchasing. So, you know, every 1% that you can save on one of these expenses falls down to the bottom line. So, you know, those can be fairly significant overall. So every little bit matters. And if you're paying too much for some of these things, you don't want to be, right? As as a practice owner, you want to be getting the benefit of anything, not you know, the vendors are like getting more right. because you're spending too much on, on those dental supplies. So those are some really key areas to look out for when you're, when you're paying your monthly expenses. No, that makes sense. And obviously that, that mindfulness is going to help you on the personal side too. So as we shift our focus from the business and those KPIs and, and understanding the industry metrics of where you should be hitting in the business side, then comes your personal side because that's something that shouldn't be forgotten either. It's, it, you know, you have to run your household. So what are some yeah. things, why is it important to not forget about that side of it? Yeah. So it, it's really important to your point. Are you, first of all, bringing in enough as a salary as the doctor that you are and for the time and effort you're putting in to your practices? A lot of times I see the doctors may take the hit if there isn't enough cash flow, if there isn't enough money to go around. So we, you know, we want to make sure that you're getting a good salary because that helps you to be able to, as you said, manage your household. What expenses do you have? What savings? What goals for the future do you have that you need to put money into in order to have that comfortable lifestyle now and when you retire potentially in the future? So you want to be comfortable throughout that whole time. So you know, you have to think about your long term of it, retirement. Are you saving for retirement now? You know, I have some dentists who are <laughs> fairly young and they have cryptocurrency and that's where their all their money is in that. And that's the retirement savings. It feels like a very risky retirement savings, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> but some people are comfortable with that. Some people are fine with that risk. And as the younger they are, you know, they can have that risk. But if you're a little bit less risky, you need to have a 401k established, you need to be putting money into IRAs, just different, you know, retirement vehicles to know that the money is there for when you retire, that you'll be able to be, you know, comfortable when you do retire. You know, and what and what kind of lifestyle do you want to live? Do you want to retire and travel a lot and, you know, do, you know, more things than maybe you're doing right now because you are tied to your practice so much and you know, so, so involved, but maybe when you want to retire, you want to travel, that's going to cost more money potentially than you're spending now. So how does that impact? How much are you saving to make sure you're able to have that retirement of your dreams? You know, so that's important to be careful about, again, making sure you're getting enough money for the time and effort you're putting in, making sure you're saving it. And there's lots of areas, you know, what other plans or goals do you have potentially? Like I said, you could have kids going to college that need savings. You have debt, maybe student loan debt that you have to pay off. You know, what are the goals? Where is the money going first? Where is the extra money going for through? One thing that we do as a family is whenever we're trying to save, we take all of that money out first. So it just goes. So like we have auto withdrawals, a lot of deposits so that the money just goes. So it goes into our kids' college saving, it goes into our car savings, it goes into all that. And so we get accustomed to that. And so when there's extra money, and we're like, hey, we've got all of that accounted for, or if somebody gets a raise, we may be like, hey, that's just extra money for us. Or, hey, do we want to put more money into a college fund? Do we want to put more money over here? Do we want to, you know, renovate the house? So we need some extra money there. It just gives you a better, like, we just know that the savings is happening regardless. And we don't have to 
try to save it later, <laughs> right? Right. It's a lot harder to save it at the end than at the beginning. Because a lot of times too, people look at what's in their checking account, right? And you feel richer yeah. or poorer based on how big that number may be. Like, oh, I got a big bonus. Like, hey, we're going on a cruise. We're taking the whole family. You know, like the money can go quickly when you right. see it all out there. So it's helpful for us to just take the money that we're trying to save out of the equation altogether. And it's just set over to the side. You know, maxing out a 401k is a great way to save, right? But that's 40000 a family if you save, if you max out for a year. And so while that's a lot of money, um, if you can make that happen, I got to say my 401k is in a really good, <laughs> good place right now. My parents, that was one of my requirements when I moved back home was, they're like, you don't have to pay us rent, but you have to put 10% into your 401k. And so, you know, I did that and I've always, you know, my, my husband now is all about saving in the 401k. It's a, ta- you don't we don't pay taxes on that money right now. So there's tax benefits to that. And so just looking at ways, you know, that you can take advantage of to save money and to kind of get to those goals that you're looking out to in the future as well is really important. Yeah, that's awesome. And I would vouch for the the extra accounts too. I mean, if you have those auto debits that go into like the kids college savings or whatever, it helps so much because you just don't even consider spending it. You know, like you said, that's the amount that you have in your checking. That's your amount for the month. You know, you, you don't even look at that money because it's already gone. You consider it, it's already spent, quote unquote. Yeah, so I, like that. I like those tips. Mm-hmm. Just, it just takes the psychology out of it. Like I said, right. like you don't just see that sitting there be like, Ooh, but we could do this with that money. The same thing goes for saving for taxes too. Like taxes are mm-hmm. so unpleasant to have to pay, yeah. but it's really helpful to save for that at ongoing through the year. Make sure you're making quarterly estimates because it's so much more painful to find out you owe some huge amount of money in January, February, you know, March of the following year. And like, where am I going to get a hundred thousand dollars? Where am I going to get, you know, they, I mean, the doctors that I've worked with can have very significant amounts that they owe in taxes. And so that is not something you want to find out. So again, you want to be working with your tax professional on a regular basis throughout the year, do tax planning, I know people think, oh, why am I paying $500, $1,000, $1,500 to do tax planning? It's really well worth it because it makes you stop, look at your financials, make sure you're you know, accounting for things properly, helping you remind you to save <laughs> for your taxes because yeah. that's just that's painful. And I've seen that a lot of times. It's, it's like they know they owe, but they don't quite know the extent until they hear the number. And then yeah. they're like, oh. You know, yeah, we have it, but we got to take it from here or here, you know, and things that, again, trying to plan for that um, on a yearly basis is really helpful. Yeah, yeah. And it takes the the pain out of waiting, you know, if you have those small incremental things you're doing monthly or weekly or whatever it may be, whatever works for you, it's it's not quite so painful. So don't ignore it, I think, is the, the main lesson of today's podcast. Yeah, more knowledge is better. You you can at least make changes. And even if it's bad news, you find, like I said, after a year, I thought, oh, well, I've just spent a lot of money, a lot more money than I made over the past year. That's not really what the plan was. But you can at least acknowledge it and make a change. Whereas if you just keep going, the problem doesn't really change because you're not aware of it. So I think awareness is is key, both on your you know practice and business side and on the personal side as well. Perfect. 
And if you don't have someone managing this or you feel like you don't have the time to look at doing something like that, do you have any tips for someone managing a dental practice who owns a dental practice who's also maybe working and seeing patients? Like they have a lot going on. How do you start tackling this if maybe it's so out of control that you don't know where to start? Yeah, I definitely recommend having some help. You definitely want to have a team of advisors potentially. You know, you can bring in a fractional CFO who can help you. You can have, you may have some people that are on part of your team that can help dig into this and get a better handle on your cash flow situation. It just depends on where you stand and how big of a problem it is. Like I said, the biggest part is looking at it. If you can take maybe the first steps just to get a really high level sense of how your cash flow is, and then you can maybe determine, hey, I really need significant support in this versus I just need to keep monitoring this. And, you know, maybe I can create a schedule or my somebody on my team can help create a schedule. You know, sometimes it gets a little bit tricky just because you don't necessarily want all the members of your office staff to know your cash flow situation. So that's where usually bringing in outside advisors can be really helpful because they have that financial knowledge. You know, they're used to doing these things. So it's not that complicated. Um, of an issue for um, them. And so it's something that, you know, we do here. We, we like to work with cash flow and looking at where where the, the cash is going, making sure you're controlling it, making sure you're staying on top of it. So that's something we do here. And it, it's important, whether it's you, whether it's an advisor, whether, you know, your tax CPA may be able to help you just depends on, it, it sort of depends on how critical the issue is. Again, if you're just trying to stay on top of it and get something put together, that's relatively straightforward. If you start to dive into this and realize, hey, you know what, we're spending too much money in the practice. We don't have enough profit at the bottom line. So that is causing issues. I can't get, you know, my salary. I'm not taking enough money, you know, and and it's a bigger issue. I would highly recommend seeking outside um, assistance there from a financial perspective. And if you are looking for that help, PJS and CoCPAs does offer virtual CFO, controller, and historical accounting services that can help you tackle these types of issues. We also offer a free one-hour discovery call where you can talk about the challenges that you're facing and see if we may be a good fit. So if you're interested in signing up for that, you can find that on our website, pjscpas.com forward slash contact. So take advantage of that. Also snag your free 13-week cash flow template at pjscpas.com forward slash 93 for this episode. And if you have any questions at all, always feel free to reach out to us at info at pjscpas.com. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jamie. It was a pleasure talking dental practices and money with you. Yes. You know, I love cash flow discussions at any time. So <laughs> our cash flow queen. <laughs> it's been fun. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Keep that momentum going and we will see you next time. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.